You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Oh, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Tuesday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Listen, it is Tuesday. Listen, I want you to tag a friend. Let them know you can get us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. You can get us on Mike Moore Ministry. And remember, in January, we're going to move full time to Mike Moore Ministry. Listen, we're so glad to have you with us. Felicia, Karen, Winnie, Dean, good to have you. Arbadella, Good to have you. Hey, birthday, miss you. Karen, Victoria, Evelyn, Lori, so good to have you with us today. Listen, it has been some kind of experience these last two weeks. We've just come out of two weekends of celebrating my wife and me, our 41st uh, pastoral uh, anniversary legacy celebration. It has been just absolutely amazing. My wife and I wanted to thank everybody doing the events. And then we uh, posted, Pete uh, posted on her page, Facebook page. Thank you. I posted on my Facebook page and I want to say thank you. It was absolutely both of those events in our Birmingham campus, our Columbus campus were absolutely amazing. And you are amazing. I'll remember it. We'll remember it the rest of our lives. It was beyond amazing. And we want to thank you so very, very much for everything. Good to have you with us, Pamela. I see you, Janice, Teresa, uh, Mac Nichols. Good to have you with us. I see you there. Good to have you. Hey, Vince. Good to have you with us today. Listen, I, uh, I'm i excited about the lesson. You know, someone called me, one of my leaders called me this morning and, and wished me a happy spiritual birthday. I didn't remember so much been going on. We've been just, just really uh, marinating uh, the cel- legacy celebration that I forgot that today is my spiritual birthday. October the 4th, 1977, 45 years ago, I received Christ into my life. It was the greatest decision that I have ever made. And it'd be the greatest decision you'll ever make if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Now, listen, we're teaching a series entitled God Wants You to Be Rich. My son, the last two weeks, have been teaching a series. Michael K. has been teaching a series called The Legacy Life. It has just been absolutely phenomenal. You want to go online and get that, The Legacy Life. And he was sharing with us that our legacy is the things that we've learned, the things that we've accumulated, the things that we've achieved, and we pass on to others. He used the illustration of baking a cake. He said, legacy is not how well you can bake cakes and people talking about your ability to bake great cakes, but he says, can others bake great cakes as a result of what you passed on to them? So listen, 
I didn't realize it, but just in a short moment, just a few months, I'm going to be transitioning out of the pastorage. My son is going to be coming over as the lead pastor. And I think just the rest of the way, I am actually sharing legacy lessons, things that God has taught me, things that I've learned, things that have helped me to achieve what level of success, and we know that's relative, that uh, we've been able to achieve. So I'm sharing legacy lessons. I shared several weeks on winning the marriage game. It was a legacy series. I'm doing two series in the area of finances now, and we'll go to something else a little later. On Tuesdays, I'm teaching on God Wants You to Be Rich. On Thursdays, in my Thursday podcast at 7 p.m., I'm teaching on the God of Abundance. These two series are my legacy series. If I had to pick any series out, this is what God taught me in the area of finances, in the area of believing God. And if you're a visionary, you're going to have to understand these things because it's going to take resources, whether it's your family, whether it's your business, whether it's your church or your parachurch ministry, fivefold ministry. It's going to take resources to carry out the vision. So we've been talking from the subject, God wants you to be rich. Now, this is our eighth lesson. I thought it was going to be our final lesson, but it's not. Listen, in lesson one, we taught on God's will that you be rich. And we gave you the Bible definition of what the Bible says the word rich means. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And then lesson two, we talked about people whom God made rich. Lesson three, lesson four, we talked about the assassins of the rich life. Lesson five, six, and seven, we talked about why God wants you to be rich. Now, in lesson eight, we're going to begin to teach you about the how question. How does God release riches to his people? How does God prosper his people? We're dealing with the how question. Now, we know this legally. I'm talking about spiritually now. We know that the rich life has already been paid for. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor, that we, through his poverty, might be come or might be rich. So we see right away that God has already paid the price. He's already paid the price for you and I to live the rich life. And if this is your first session, I want you to go back and listen because we have been walking this thing out and I'm telling you, it will transform your life, your family. It'll transform your church, your business, your ministry. God wants you to be rich. Now, how does God release riches to his people, prosperity to his people? Well, our subtopic today is doors, D-O-O-R, doors to the rich life.
doors to the rich life. Now, our background text is Psalm 78, 23 through 25. Psalm 78, 23 through 25 in the New King James Version. Good to have you with us, Nancy. Hey, Joe, good to have you. Patricia, hey, Coach, good to have you with us today. Willie, Elizabeth, good to have you with us today. Now, listen, Psalm 78, verse 23 through 25 says, Yet he had commanded the clouds above, God commanded the clouds above, and opened the doors of heaven. Come on, say the doors of heaven. He opened the doors of heaven, had rained down manna on them to eat, and given them of the bread of heaven. Men ate angels' food. He sent them food to the full. Notice it says that God opened the doors of heaven. We're talking about doors to the rich life. Jesus paid the price. It's all available, been placed to your account. Now let's walk through these doors to the rich life. When we speak of doors, I'm speaking of revelations, revelations. I want to share with you revelations that God uh, gave me, principles. When we talk about doors, we're talking about principles. We're talking about opportunities. We're talking about responsibilities. We're talking about experiences, doors to the rich life. Now, the first door, and we're just going to spend time on this one today. <laughs> Listen, I got 10 doors we're going to look at, and I thought we were going to cover all 10 today, but I guess the Spirit of God, he showed me. Listen, we're going to talk about the door of giving and receiving. We kind of introduced that a little bit in our last session, the door of giving and receiving. We're going to be dealing with the money door. It's the money door. Now, I, 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 I am so, uh, this legacy teaching that my son has been teaching got me fired up. It has stirred. I, I, I began to see something and I just want every person Every minister, every pastor, every leader, every believer, I want you to have what God has shown me, the insight that God has given me, the revelation that God has given me. Let's talk about this door of giving and receiving. Philippians chapter 4, verse 15 in the New King James Version says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. And then he says in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Notice in that 15th verse, Paul is writing to the church at Philippi. And he said, no other churches really enter into a partnership with me, but you only. And then he specified what that partnership was about. 
giving and <clears throat> receiving. <clears throat> now notice, <clears throat> notice the partnership was not just giving. It's giving and receiving. Come on, say that. Giving and receiving. So let's talk about giving. Now you give a lot of things. You give time, you give energy, you can give all kinds of things, but I'm talking about giving money. I'm talking about giving money. Now, we'll look at giving, then we'll talk about receiving. Your attitude and actions concerning money, wealth, and possessions are a barometer of the spiritual condition of your heart. Now, this is something that God taught me that I've embraced. I didn't know what I'm teaching you. In fact, it frightened me initially when I, when I start hearing the teaching on giving, I was struggling with the fear, uh, fear thing. I didn't know this statement. I didn't understand this statement. I didn't understand that my attitude and actions concerning money, wealth, and possessions, I didn't know that this was a barometer of my spiritual condition. I, I didn't connect money and my spiritual life. I, I didn't connect the two. In fact, in my mind, they were divorced. One was spiritual, my spiritual life, my relationship with God, and money was over here. And, and I never merged the two. They were divorced, separated in my way of thinking. I didn't know that God saw how I related, <clears throat> pardon me, how I related to money and my giving, I didn't, I didn't know that it was a, a barometer of my spiritual condition. Jesus said, where you give or where you invest money is where your heart is. That's Matthew 6, 21. And that's in every area of life. If you invest because you love sowing, you're going to invest some money in getting the material, uh, invest money to uh, the sewing machine or whatever you use. You're going to be investing in that. If it's sports, we're going to the Alabama game this weekend, looking forward to it, but they're not going to let us in that arena free. So we had to invest money uh, in uh, going to this game, movies, people, church, we invest our money in what we love. Whatever you love, you're going to invest money. I learned that about uh, my family. If I love my wife, I'm going to invest money in her. I want her to have money. You said, well, what, what is it about money? Well, money is you. Come on, say that. Come on, walk with me. I'm going to walk you through how I learned this. Money is you. Now, God began to teach me this through a test. 
you know, I was struggling. It was in those struggling days. And the Spirit of God wanted me to give away, many of you have heard my testimony, my best tie. I was in ties. You know, people wore a lot of ties in those days. And, you know, I, I love ties. I had a, a, a tie for every week. I mean, just a different tie. And God led me to give my best tie. Well, I don't want to give my best tie because it was my best tie. And then again, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm having to bleed to get ties. And God wanted me to give my best tie. That was my first test. And then I was reading the word death in my quiet time. And I came over to second uh, Corinthians chapter eight. And Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, and he said, for as you are bound in all these other things, round verse 7, round there, he says, are bound in this grace also. And it was quickened to me that God was challenging me to become a giver. Well, for me, it was very challenging because resources were scarce. You know, I, I was struggling. I was dealing with fear. I had a pie mentality. I thought that if I give my money, then I won't have any money because I had a pie. If you take a pie, you take a slice of the pie and give it away, you don't have as much pie left. You give another slice away, you don't have enough pie, uh, you don't have more pie, as much pie left. So if you keep giving away from a lady, you don't have any pie. Well, that's the mentality that I had and the mentality that many Christians, they have a pie mentality. So if they give, they think, well, I won't have it. So if I give more, I won't have it. But that's not the way the kingdom is set up. The kingdom is set up like a river, see? The, the river is flowing, and as you dip water out of the river, then the river keeps flowing. You dip more water out of the river, the river keeps flowing. So God began to ch change my mindset, and I began to see that my money was me. See, your money is you. What do you mean? Let's say you work a job. And you go to that job and you invest time, you invest your talent, you invest your skills, your experience, your energy, your thoughts, your efforts. And in exchange for you, your employer gives you a check, money. He gives you money because you have been giving you. So when we give money, we're giving us. When we withhold money, we're withholding us because money is us. It's our time that we invested, our skill that we invested. It's our experience, though, our thoughts, our efforts in exchange for money. So we gave us for money. So when we give money, we're giving us. Well, I had to learn that. And many Christians, you have to learn that now we're talking about this this door of giving and receiving and we're talking about the giving part of it now listen at this the world's way of abundance is living is working for a living come on say that the world's way of abundance is working for a living you work <clears throat> pardon me you work.
for a living. You work for a living. That's the world's way of gathering, gaining, enjoying abundance. You work for a living. Now, work is a beautiful thing. In fact, work is a gift from God. God gave man work in the beginning before the curse. So work is not a curse. Work is a blessing. The scripture says if we don't work, if we don't want to work, then we should not eat. Second Thessalonians, that's 3 verse 10 through 11. But nowhere, now follow me, I'm just downloading, I'm just communicating you insight that God taught me. But nowhere in scripture does it say our level of living or how we live financially is determined by our jobs, by our work. You won't find that in scripture where you're going to work and then you live at this level you work, then you live at this level. You won't find that in Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture does it say your level of living, how well you live financially, is determined by your work. In fact, work is simply one channel that God causes resources to flow to you. Now, listen at this. If our jobs, now follow me, I want to walk you through this because I'm shooting for you to get an insight, a revelation. If our jobs were God's only way of bringing us into the rich life, then God would be a respect of persons. Acts chapter 10, verse 34 through 35 says, God is not a respect of persons. But if our job Jobs, our work is the only way that God enriches us, then God would be a respecter of persons. Now, see, can you follow this rationale? Thank you for being with us. I see you, Melanie, Barbara, good to have you with us, Evelyn. Good to have Emmanuel. Good to have you with us. Now, I want you to see, can you follow this, this, this reasoning with me now? You may not agree, but I'm just sharing with you what God taught me because I want to leave you something. I want, I, I want everyone to have this insight that God has given me. I said that if our jobs was the primary way or the only way that God bring us into the rich life, he would be a respect of persons. Now, follow me. Janitors work a legitimate job, a necessary job, okay? And it may be a Christian janitor. That job that the janitor performs is legitimate. It is necessary. It is important. But janitors don't make salary-wise, as much as attorneys make. Even if they're Christians, they don't usually make more money than attorneys make uh, from their work. Now, follow me. School teachers work legitimate jobs. And everyone knows this. Education is vital to the success of any culture, any society, 
yet as, as important as the teacher's role is in the success of the whole society, teachers don't make, as it relates to their work and their salary, they don't make as much as the surgeon uh, make, even though they may be Christian teachers. Now, follow me. Yet, now the surgeon may get offended at this, and I don't mean any harm. I don't mean any harm. This is just an analogy. You may not agree with it. But the surgeon impacts a specific group, those who need the surgery. But that's not the whole of society. Yet teachers impact, if you want to just talk about impact, teachers impact culture in a much greater way than the surgeon. Now, I'm not talking about the education and all the stuff that the surgeon had to go through, but I'm just talking about impact to the society as a whole. Yet the teacher doesn't make as much money as the surgeon makes. Now, watch this. So all things being equal in the world system, those who have higher paying jobs will naturally earn more and live on a higher level from an economic standpoint. I hope you're following me. Now, listen. Consequently, many people, even Christians, choose careers not based on purpose, God's purpose for their life. They don't choose careers. Many don't choose careers based off calling, they choose careers based on the potential earning power of a profession. But what if God calls you to be a teacher? So is God dooming you to live on a low level? Well, if it's the world system, you're going to have to hustle and add something, a lot of something to that teacher's salary. Now, listen at this. God has a financial system, and that's what I'm teaching. It will prosper the school teacher, the janitor, the person making minimum wage, as well as the attorney, as well as the surgeon, and as well as the corporate CEO. And it is called giving for a living. Giving for a living. When God was challenging me early in those days and I was struggling to give because in my mind, when I gave, I, I wouldn't have. I'm never going to have anything. And many of you, you're struggling like that. That The average Christian is not a giver, not a giver. And I, I'm talking about something beyond just the tithe. I think the tithe is the basis of what, what we begin in our financial stewardship. But I'm talking about something deeper. I'm talking about giving for a living. Come on, say that. Giving for a living. Come on, say that. Giving for a living. Now, uh, Proverbs 11, 24 through 25, in the Moffat's translation, it says, one gives away, and still he grows the richer. Another keeps what he should give and is the poorer. A liberal, general soul will be enriched, made rich, 
and he who waters will himself be watered. Now, I'm going to read this text to you again, and I'm going to ask you a question. Do you really believe this? Do you really believe this? Because I believe this. I literally believe this. Listen at what the text says, Proverbs 11, 24 through 25 in Moffat's translation. It says, one gives away and still he grows richer. Now, how many of you really believe that? Come on now, come on, come on, come on. Be honest, this is just me and you talking. How many of you believe that as you give away, you will become richer? Now, remember, I'm not taking up an offering. I'm not trying to get you to send anything to me. I'm just teaching you things that transform not just my thinking, but my life. And I believe it transformed my ministry. These are the things that I've taught the church. And my church, Faith Chapel, is the most giving church on planet Earth. And I know I'm president, but I believe it's the most giving church on the Earth. Now, watch this. How many of you really believe one gives away and still he grows the richer? Now, watch this. What if that's true, that as I give away, I become richer? I give away, I become richer. What if I really believe that? How would that impact my life? How would that change my life? Giving, giving, giving. Listen, you're a pastor, you're over church, you need all this money, you need this money, you need these monies, you need a lot of money to do what God has called you to do because it's big. How many of you really believe as I give away, I'll become richer? My church will become. How many really? I'm, I'm talking, I'm not talking being religious between me and you now. I'm not going to tell anybody. How many of you have really, you really, really believe it? As I give away, I become richer. And then it says, another key for what I should give. I'm keeping what I should give. And then I'm getting poorer. That's what the Bible says. A liberal soul will be enriched. The generous soul will be made rich. Now watch this. In that verse, there's no mention of a job, whether you're a janitor or an attorney, surgeon, teacher, no, it, there's no mention of title position. There's no mention of that. It just simply says one gives away and he just still grows richer. Now watch this. Farmers live by their sowing. Farmers live by their sowing. God wants believers to live by their giving. So it, we're not talking events. We're talking lifestyle. It's the way I live. The way I live, I live to give. I look, you look, we look for opportunities. And you'll be absolutely amazed how the Spirit of God will alert you to things you should be given to. He'll just show you, and it becomes a partnership. He'll show you. And I'm not talking about them church. I'm talking about everywhere. I'm talking about in the grocery store. I'm talking about where at the restaurant, I'm talking about where at the sports event, I'm talking wherever the spirit of God quickens and, and he'll show you and, and, and you become a conduit. And what you'll find is your life become richer. First Timothy chapter six, verse 18. First Timothy chapter six, verse 18 says, verse 19 in New King James Version, let them do good. 
that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, ready to give willingly to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now, follow me. Watch this. Watch this. The, the text, 1 Timothy 6, 17, that charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high man, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us riches all things to enjoy. Now, watch this. But 1 Timothy 6, verse 18 says that let them do good, be rich in good works, willing to give, ready to share. And then it says, laying up in store, verse 19, laying up in store for themselves, watch this, a foundation to come. You're laying up in yourself a foundation to be prepared for things to come. Your giving will prepare you for whatever comes down the road. Now watch this, laying hold on eternal life. Now that's what got me years ago. How do I lay hold on eternal life when I already have it? If I'm born again, then I have eternal life. But this text, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, says that we lay hold on eternal life through our giving. We lay hold on eternal life. And then I discover something. I discover something. I discover something. I discover something. The word eternal life there doesn't mean born again because we're already born again. Actually, Paul is writing to Timothy challenging rich Christians, so they're already born again. So the word eternal life must mean something else. It says laying hold on, and I studied it out, and the word eternal life means the life that is truly life, real living. Wow. He says it's through our giving that we lay hold on what truly is life. We lay hold on real life. And I've experienced that. I've experienced real life. It's, it's really living. And I, I believe that you're really living because I'm not talking about an event. I'm not talking about you giving here or you giving in this event. And, you know, the last couple of weeks, I'll, people have just been giving to us, my wife and I, and it's just been literally overwhelming in a good way. But that's not what I'm talking about. I am talking about a lifestyle. It's like you brush your teeth every day. You brush your teeth every day. I hope you do. You brush your teeth every day. You wash your faith every day. Well, a lifestyle means you give all the time. You give all the time. You think it, you do it, you act it all the time. It's who you are. It becomes a part of you. And then you start laying hold on what truly life is. And you know the, the you know the, the the thing about it? 
God so loved the world that he gave. God is a giver. And that's why God is full of life, because he's always giving, and, and he's just full of life. And then when you become a giver, it's a lifestyle, you're actually partaking of the life that's truly life. It's real living because now you're partnershiping with God and God is flowing through you. And the Bible tells you that you will become richer. Well, I thought you were going to talk about receiving. I am, but I ran out of time. I did. I did. But I got to talk about that other part. And I'll talk about that other part in our next session, because many Christians, they struggle with the receiving side. It's giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. If there's anything that I could leave with you is lifestyle, giving it being a lifestyle where you think that way all the time, in church, out of church, grocery store, sport event, restaurant, movie theater, you think giving all the time. Now, I want to, I want to, I want to uh, close out by going back to something, a question that was asked last in our last session. It was such a profound question. So I wrote it down and I said that I wanted to go back to that question. Lord, I hope I, I hope I, I wrote it down, but I know what, I know what the question was. Okay. Here was the question. And it was such a profound question. It was just profound. The person said last week, um, it takes more money to maintain the rich life. Utilities for a bigger house. Premium gas for a luxury car. This person said, admirably said, but I still want to keep giving. It seems stressful to be rich. Is this the wrong way of thinking? And I said in our last session, yes, it's the wrong way of thinking. But it was a great question. And I'm so glad that you asked that question because I had to navigate through that that too. You know, every time you increase, there are increases to that increase. In other words, if you have a bigger house, then it's going to be insurance connected to that. It's going to be maintenance connected to that. So bills normally are uh, bigger. If you have a luxury car, you shouldn't be putting regular gas in your luxury car, so that costs more. So the person said it will be stressful. Now, this is how I approach this. This is how I approach it. I allow my giving to determine my level of living. I allow my giving to determine my level of living. No, I don't go out and try to charge something or get a loan to try to impress people. No, I don't, I don't do that. I let my giving determine it. Now watch this. If moving up, because that's what you want to do. You want to put pressure on yourself to grow forward. Now, one of the doors is growth, and we're going to get to that. You got to grow into this as a process. But now watch this. If moving up, 
to this house or this car or whatever, if it causes me to degree, decrease my giving, I'm not ready for that level. What I'll do, I'll keep confessing, I'll keep giving, I'll keep believing, I'll keep talking that level. And I'll talk that level. I believe that I'm living a life, lavish life. I believe I'll talk it. And, and, and my giving and my faith confession will move me to that level. I, if I have to sh- stop giving because now I'm living, then I'm living beyond where I should be. And, and, and all I've done is my giving has always increased over the years. It's always increased over the years. And whereas, I don't know, that I don't even have figures to how much I'm giving just on a regular basis, okay? But it's always increasing, and God will keep moving you to the next level. But when you get to the level and you find out, okay, I got to cut this out, I can't tithe here, I can't do this no more, then you're beyond what you should be. And, and God will keep moving you up, but it's a lifestyle. It's not a quickie. It's not a lottery. It's not you pulling the level and you're going to get this. It's not a quick fix. It's the way you live. And I hope that that answered uh, your question. Thank you so very much. On Thursdays, I'm teaching on the God of Abundance. That's the companion series to this series. I love you. So glad that we uh, spent this time today, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.